Hello and welcome to the official podcast of the Irish Association of Speech and Language Therapists, the IASLT in conversation. As you may know, Developmental Language Disorder Awareness Day, or DLD Day for short, is fast approaching, taking place on Friday, the 15th of October, 2021. For those of you who may not know much about DLD, it is a type of speech, language and communication disorder, which used to be referred to as Specific Language Impairment, or SLI. DLD affects the way that a person understands and uses their language and can have negative impacts on education, mental health, employment and so on. My name is Brenda Moker and I'm a member of Ireland's DLD Day Awareness Campaign Group and Mam to Robert who has a diagnosis of DLD since he was six. He turns 13 this summer. I joined the voluntary group in 2019 and learned more about DLD during that campaign than I had in the previous six years since Robert was diagnosed. The self-awareness Robert gained about his diagnosis and how it affects him was personally one of the most rewarding parts of last year's campaign. Robert started secondary school this September, making this year's theme and main target audience teachers all the more important. Robert's primary school were brilliant and so far his teachers in secondary school have been great. But if they actually knew about DLD and how to recognise the science and how to help pupils with communication problems, I often wonder how much better could things be for kids in the classroom. Joining us today is Julie Sweeney. She is mom to Connor, now seven, who has a diagnosis of DLD since he was four. As a mum of three, Julie quickly noticed Connor's speech wasn't progressing in a typical fashion, and she engaged with speech and language services when he was just two years old. At five, Connor attended a language class for two years to help progress his speech and language, and today he has transferred back into mainstream in his local primary school. Julie is also a post-primary teacher by trade, teaching home economics in a deaf school in Cork City. She is passionate about creating awareness of DLD, especially amongst educators, and runs the social media handle, The Accidental Advocate, on both Twitter and Instagram. Hi, Julie, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Brenda. So I'll get straight into my questions. Um, so firstly, Julie, how many students with DLD are in every classroom, and how might teachers spot it? Okay, so the... RADLD rattled statistics will tell us that one in 14 children, so that's about two in the average classroom, have DLD. Not a lot of teachers know about it. They haven't heard of it. Um, it's rarely recognised by professionals in Ireland. And I believe that's partly in due to the fact that DLD as a term hasn't been adopted in whole by the DSE and the NCSE. Now, I know that moves are afoot to change that and I'd welcome it and I think it needs to be done as a matter of urgency. Um, if a teacher is presented with a child coming into their classroom with a diagnosis of DLD, it's very difficult for them to recognise what that actually means. They might be more familiar with the older terms, as you mentioned there, SSLI or SSLD. And in fact, that language class that you refer to that Connor attended is officially known as an SSLD, so Specific Speech Language Disorder class. So it's an older, outdated term um, and DLD is the more preferred up-to-date term. Um, so teachers find it difficult to spot DLD in the classroom because they're unaware of what it involved but they very quickly understand you know at students they if they were presented with things to look out for so okay. I, from a teacher point of view at post-primary level you know 
a teacher would be looking out for the child that would have limited vocab. They may speak in short, simple sentences. They'd have shorter explanations for an answer in class. They, their answers would very typically lack detail. They wouldn't develop them that well. They'd have difficulty organising their own talk, I suppose, you know, if they were retelling a story or recounting, that's something that happened earlier. Their thoughts might be quite jumbled up and they may have difficulty in sequencing the retelling of something that that happened previously. Um, so they're, you know, they'd have less complex stories maybe to, to retell us in class. They might as well mask quite effectively, um, which makes it all the more harder for a teacher to spot. So I think in my experience, I would have students who would perhaps copy others. If I was giving instructions in class, there's always, you know, that child who's a little bit behind the others. They're watching to see, oh, we're taking out this book. Oh, it's that page. Oh, we're on this question. They may not be able to follow the quick fire instructions that a teacher might give out at the start of class. You know, sit down, open your books, take out page, whatever. And we're doing questions one to five. That is far beyond a child with DLD. So they can be quite effective at masking it and copying their peers. Um, they may say yes if you ask them a question about if they understand something. Um, and it can be their default answer. Or even it could be, I don't know, I don't remember. They are phrases that we would hear a lot as well. And I suppose as a teacher, you would be aware deep down this child does know the information. But they're telling you when you ask the question, I don't know, I don't remember. Um, and I suppose they may present stronger in written tests then when they have a little bit more time to process something. So it, it's difficult, I suppose. Um, but once it's presented to teachers, I think they can very quickly identify the students in their own class, you know, who may have DLD. Yeah, very good. You may as well have been talking about Robert there. <laughs> to a T, that is exactly what teachers should be looking out for, for sure. So what do you think teachers in secondary school should know about supporting students with DLD in the classroom? It has such wide impact and such a very important impact on a student in the classroom. DLD students are six times more likely to have issues with reading, six times more likely to have issues with spelling, four times more likely to have issues with math, and they're 12 times more likely to have all three combined. So it's a huge impact on a student in the classroom. Now, we know that that's coming from um, a study by Young et al. in 2002. So very important student that teachers are aware of the, the impact on their students. And I suppose just some general strategies Brenda, that a teacher should employ in their classroom that would help all students, but especially those with DLD. So things like using simple language, short sentences, short instructions, reinforcing everything with visual cues, model language back to a student, perhaps, you know, give them model answers. If you think a student is lacking detail in their answer to you just model it and recast it back to them with the little bit of extra detail you would like them to have it may be that the teacher would need to explicitly teach vocab and syntax and especially in post-primary 
where students are encountering a lot of new subjects and a lot of new topics and a lot of new vocab. This is really, really important. Pre-teaching keywords before you teach a topic is really, really crucial for students with DLD. Um, allow students extra time for processing questions as well. So it might be for a child with DLD, you'd give them a heads up, ask them a question, I'm going to come back to you now in five minutes and move on to another student, ask them their question and come back to your child with DLD. And they may have had that time to process the question, formulate their answer, and now they can give it back to you. So very simple things, Brenda, but very these good. would make a great impact um, for students with DLD in the classroom. Yeah, brilliant, Julie. Yeah, for sure. We noticed that for Robert and um, the maths vocab in sixth class was a big change for him. And his, his end of year result was quite low in comparison to the previous year. So that's obviously going to continue on now into secondary school. So some great advice there for sure. So can you tell me, Julie, about your own experience in raising awareness about DLD in your school? Yeah, so as you mentioned, I'm a parent of a child with DLD as much as a teacher of students with DLD. Didn't come into my vocab as a phrase of DLD until my own child was diagnosed with DLD. So teachers, by and large, are unfamiliar with the term DLD. They might be more familiar, as I said before, about those older terms, SSLI, SSLD. So last year was my first year getting involved in DLD Awareness Day as well. And I would have sent out an email, for example, to all my colleagues in my particular school. Um, and just a short little thing that we were, you know, this was DLD Day. This is what it is, how it impacts a student. And the feedback from my own colleagues was phenomenal. Um, I had colleagues approaching me on the corridor telling me that they hadn't heard of DLD before. They weren't aware of it. They were shocked that so many students in front of them could have DLD um, and that they weren't aware of it. So even that little, you know, awareness creating within my own staff is very beneficial and very important. I raise awareness, I think, within my own classes as well, even with the students, particularly maybe the older students. I get to, I'm lucky I teach home economics. Um, and as part of that, we actually, for example, in Leaving Cert, would study education as part of the class and as part of that I would always you know raise the subject of DLD and general maybe additional needs um, with the, the students in home economics class it's it's an important learning for them as well and I suppose I look at it from the point of view that these are the parents of the future who are going out into the world and down the line if they encounter DLD they might be a little bit more familiar with it so I think it's important to raise awareness even within the classroom. I know in Connor's own school last year, now he was in a language class for DLD day last year. So I know the SLT teacher and the mainstream teacher there would have created um, posters for their own staff room, for example. And again, just creating that awareness within the school environment. What is DLD? What do we do in the language class? Not all colleagues would have been familiar with what actually goes on inside in the language class, even though they had one in their school. On his new school now, we have donated, for example, the Finding Charlie's Voice Communication Board to his um, pr current primary school and also actually his preschool that he would have attended and he still attends for um, after school. So just creating awareness everywhere we go. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Within the school yes. environment, within the community environment, it's very, very important. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I like the point you made there about um, creating awareness amongst your students. They're the future parents. 
I never thought of it like that. That's really like that's definitely another target audience for us uh, for DLGJ is, you know, it's everybody really. But I like that the, the, the pupils as well, your students, they're the future Absolutely. parents and they'll all know about DLG, even if it doesn't become prevalent in their life. They'll just know of the term, which is fantastic in itself. Well, and I suppose, Brenda, they may have siblings at home with that they know go to speech and language, maybe, but they don't quite know why. And so that little bit of awareness would be important. And, and it's all about starting the conversation. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Um, so would you, in, in your expertise as a teacher, are there any particular subjects that are more difficult for children with DLD or likewise any that are relatively easier in your experience? Yeah, so I suppose... Any subject, obviously, that would be heavily dependent on language to access it would be a difficulty for students with DLD. So your typical English, Irish maths would be quite reliant on the spoken word to access. Um, And I know you mentioned their maths earlier on with Robert. You know, project maths is so heavily weighted in language. Um, And I would see that myself here at home as well. You know, the sums part can be okay, but it's the reading the question can be difficult. So, you know, there there needs to be an emphasis there, maybe on just teaching the vocabulary of maths as well. Um, So teachers definitely need to be more aware of DLD, maybe in those classes, but also things like history is very conceptual. It's, you know, recounting stories that happened before what happened in sequence, remembering key dates and things like that. That may be difficult for a student with DLD. Um, Lots of new vocab in subjects like geography and science and so forth as well. So I think any subject that relies a lot on spoken word will be more difficult for a student with DLD. I would like to think that the more practical based subjects then would be a little bit easier to access. So I think in home economics, which is my own specialty, you know, we can often reinforce those difficult vocabulary kind of language based concepts with practical classes. We can, you know, show them the cooking and and so forth and reinforce something that way. Um, And I, without knowing a lot about the subjects, but I would assume the woodwork and, you know, art and so forth, um, which allow students to be a little bit more creative, a little bit more visual, maybe, um, would be that bit more accessible than that weighty language kind of yeah, subject. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think Robert is, is looking to get into home economics as well. So that's good to <laughs> know. He really does. He loves to try and cook every now and again. He, he needs a bit of help now. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's good to know that. All right. So what types of accommodations can be made for students with DLD in state exams? Okay, so for state exams, particularly, I suppose I would like to see extended time for students where they would be allowed that little bit extra because processing of questions and formulating their answers is tougher for the students with DLD. Um, They would need access to assistive technology. And I suppose using the accessibility features within the ICT that they do already use would be important for a student with DLD. You know, there were various apps out there that, for example, can reduce down the reading age of a piece of text. So if a student is struggling with a really wordy, you know, heavily vocab um, piece of text, they are 
different apps that you can copy and paste a piece of text into and it'll just simplify it and those strategies will be very important for a student with DLD um, so that could be used within the, the classroom context. I suppose from a, an exam point of view as well then continuous assessment across all subjects would be very very important and it's again it would benefit all students not just those with DLD but it would be particularly important for students with DLD. Not everything should ride on that one terminal exam. And that's, I suppose, I like home economics. We do that in both junior and leaving cycles that a certain percentage of marks would be allocated for that continuous assessment. But it's really, really important for kids with DLD. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I recall myself when I was in school often saying to my own mum and dad, oh, if I, I, may, I know the answer, ma'am, but I, I haven't to write it all down in an exam. Was always even for myself, I found it difficult. So I used to often say, if I could just tell them the answer. You yeah. know what I mean? I do know it, but I have to sit here and I have to write this big, long convoluted yeah. and make it more difficult. So, yeah, the, all those things make sense for all students, I think, even. But like I said, especially mm-hmm. those with DLD. Yeah. And time, definitely time, more time. I mean, why should it matter how long you can sit? If, you're, if you know the answer, you just need that extra bit of time. That would be amazing, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and it can be done. Those, I suppose, those measures are there for for other students um but i think it's just the lack of recognition of dld impedes a student maybe accessing those supports so we just need that little bit of awareness absolutely to, yeah you know, yeah those supports absolutely yeah yeah for sure so again then julie what would you like to see change in secondary school in their understanding of dld into the future Yes, yeah, so obviously I suppose the big one would be that the term TLD is adopted um, and is recognised. That, that is crucial. Everything depends on that really, yeah. uh, Brenda. That has to be our starting point. And I do hope that, that it will happen. I know the NCSE had a report published just in April of 21 um, and they spoke about a review of language classes. But in as part of that review, they did speak about the anomaly between the use of DLD in professional terms, in clinical settings, and the continued use of the phrase SSLD within the education sector. So they are aware of the the anomaly, and I would hope that moves will come about now quite quickly to redress that. I think teacher CPD needs to include DLD-specific courses or content. Um, It needs to be included in teacher training, it needs to be included even in, I suppose, SEN training or AEN training. So definitely um, that awareness of the term DLD needs to be incorporated in, into those, um, you know, CPD activities as a teacher engages in quite regularly. I I nothing, can really, nothing can really happen until that happens. No, it can't. It can yeah. No, and we need to start and we need to get in there with the young teachers coming out as well. Um, any of the postgraduate courses, you know, in SEN training needs to specifically and explicitly refer to DLD. Yeah. I myself was on a, a training day recently and DLD was briefly mentioned, but it's difficult when the official term is still SSLD. So it, it all stems back to that. But I suppose, Brenda, if I was to give teachers one thing to take from today, it's if they see challenging behaviours in a student, because language is so important. And if you can't access your language, 
it leads to frustration a lot of the time in students. So if you see frustrated behaviours, um, you know, what we would perceive as teachers to be misbehaviour maybe, I would like every teacher to, to look at that behaviour and not see misbehaviour, but rather think language and think DLD. Absolutely, Julie. It's a fantastic way yeah, to end that off there. For sure, um, the tags for this year's campaign, hashtag Think Language, hashtag Think DLD. Yeah, it, to, to see beyond, I suppose, the, the misbehaving, like you said there, and, and to, 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 to see or to ask yourself, there's something else going on here that yeah. uh, I could recognise. far beyond misbehaviour, and it's yeah. not, you know, it's not a child's fault. They haven't been able to access maybe supports adequately. Um, so it's really important that we as educators, because we see the child so much, um, and I suppose, especially post-primary level, when the expectations and demands put on a student can increase significantly. And if they're struggling with their language um, and accessing the curriculum and they're inside in the class, you know, six hours a day, um, that must be incredibly frustrating for a student. So... You know, it is a matter of think language, think DLD. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Julie, for joining us and for sharing all your experiences and knowledge with us today about a disorder that is so prominent yet so overlooked. So you can listen to our other podcasts by following our social media channels on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook or by searching IASLT in conversation on Spotify. And again, DLD Awareness Day is a Friday, October 15th. Um, you get all the information you need on raddled.org, R-A-D-L-D.org, and the tags on the day, hashtag thinklanguage, hashtag thinkdld. Thanks for joining us again, Julie, and thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.